Thank you for tuning in to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. I'm your host, Priya Rao, Executive Editor at Glossy. And today's guest is Don Russell, the founder of wellness company, Acreens. Welcome, Don. Thank you, Priya. I'm very excited to be here. Excited to have you. So, Don, tell us a little about your road to Eight Greens. You know, you're not the classic beauty wellness entrepreneur that we're seeing on the market right now. So how did we get here? Uh, we got here by accident. And I think that's probably been the very kind of fun, organic way. Um, I am 44 now, almost 45. And when I was 25, I had um, very serious cancer. And that's really where, you know, I hate to start the conversation with cancer, but, you know, it really was what brought me into what I'm doing today. Um, I got a bone infection and couldn't do chemo or radiation, and so I traveled the world for many years, too many, trying to find treatments to compensate for that, just to end up back in my little apartment in the West Village going back to the basics of food. And that's when the greens really, you know, started to come into my life. I was never an unhealthy person, but I was definitely not one of those people that, you know, really gravitated towards understanding every single, you know, leading current stat of food and, you know, health and wellness. I was very kind of normal, I would say, across the bar. But then when I needed to uh, find treatments to compensate, I I obviously went very deep and uh, very detailed. And greens were the first thing that literally would get me from like 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. without having to to take a nap, go back to my apartment, etc. So through a very arched learning curve, I obviously experienced firsthand the importance of greens. And really thought, that's it, like got myself back to life, thank God, da-da-da. Then um, had my now uh, almost nine-year-old son and used the greens again when I was pregnant with him. My doctors were very concerned about me um, getting pregnant, carrying a child and whatnot, just given how dangerous my illness was. It was once I had um, my older son, Alexander, that I sat my husband down and just said, I need to do something. And I have no idea what it is, in what capacity and what form, but I need to do something with this, you know, excessive, (laughs) unwanted knowledge of greens. And that was the start. So, Don, for our listeners out there, tell us a little bit about the product. What's in them? What are they? What can they expect? It is an effervescent tablet that you put in water and it dissolves. And it has eight greens, spinach, kale, wheatgrass, spirulina, aloe vera, barley grass, blue-green algae, and chlorella. And those truly are the eight grains that really worked for me when I was ill. As I said, I did enormous research on what felt like a bazillion greens, and these eight really worked for me. Um, Equally, what's not in it was as important to me. So the no sugar, the no salt, our sodium's incredibly low, which is important to me. Um, And then also these eight greens are the real greens from the farm, dehydrated, not heated, because then the heat will kill the the nutrients, and put into the tablet. That line, that clean line, was the single most important thing to me. Well, besides the no sugar, those two things um, absolutely were essential for me. So, Don, when you think about how, you know, you translated that into a business when you started Eight Greens in 2016, what was that road like and what did you think you could offer from a product perspective? So the road was also, you know, <laughs> very, uh, very much not a direct straight line. I So when I set out on this mission, it took me five years to make the Eight Greens effervescent tablet product. I went to four manufacturers, 264 prototypes, really because everywhere I went, every scientist, 
every chemist, every manufacturer was like, Don, it's impossible to make greens taste good and be fully water soluble without adding sugar, without adding various preservatives. And I just kept saying no, 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 because I knew how important the efficacy was given what I went through on my own personal health struggles, that it literally was one prototype at a time. One manufacturer, you know, closed the door and it just made me more adamant to get to the next one because it was... I just, I know firsthand how important they are. And I was either not going to do it or I was going to do it right. The CDC report last July stated that 87% of Americans are not getting the minimum amount of greens. And that is so terrifying to me. So that's truly what I'm trying to work on. So the larger wellness industry right now, I mean, everything is kind of considered wellness. You know, yoga's wellness, uh, nutrition's wellness, beauty products are wellness. It's like inhaling air is wellness. <laughs> exactly. Walking is wellness. Yeah. So how did you kind of decide where you wanted to position the products? I mean, because in the larger, you know, supplement ingestible space, they had originally gotten quite a bad rap and people wonder, do you really kind of need this? Absolutely. And I, I think it's a fair question. And I love that the consumer will challenge it. For me, once I once I created the 264th pro- prototype and knew I had the product done, I had no agenda. And I think, um, if I can say, I think that's why we have done well, is it's been so authentic and so kind of just a natural progression. Um, I didn't set out like with a business plan, with a mission, with a, you know, these are my list of, it truly was, you know, the first person that we launched in Nordstrom in 2016 in um, all stores. It was just me. We sold out in less than three days. And I mean, it was just a joke. And it was truly from there. We just slowly went step by step. There was no plan. And I think that's why um, it's very real. It's been very authentic. How have you approached distribution? Because now Acreens is in Sephora. You've launched other um, products like your recent gummies in October. So how have you approached innovation and then also distribution? In terms of distribution, it's been very slow because, um, again, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm showing off at all because I truly just care about the product getting in people. Um, we we have Every time we've launched somewhere, we've sold out so quickly and so unexpectedly. I mean, we launched on Amazon a year ago, January, and they bought an eight-week um, uh, you know, in eight eight weeks, what they thought was the amount of eight greens, and we sold out in less than two days. So that's fabulous, but you can also sense that is so shocking when you just keep selling out everywhere you go. So we've done it very slow, very, you know, methodical in the sense of, okay, we're only going to do one at a time. And um, the distribution, we obviously started in Nordstrom because maybe not obviously, because um, they gave us um, a lot of, we were able to really launch their first, their section within the beauty area. They mm-hmm. obviously call it beauty from within, but we helped launch that. And so we had a lot of um, creative direction and I could give a lot of my tips and whatnot, which was great. And then from there, we went to Neiman Marcus, but that was almost a year later. And then again, a year later was Amazon. Um, we didn't do Sephora until a year ago because that's a pretty big step. And, um, and then we would, you know, different things like when we launched into, uh, Urban Outfitter, Anthropology, we did just their few main stores because we really want to make sure that we can cater to, you know, again, this is a product that's going into you, into your family. It's a very big deal. So we want to make sure that we can answer every question, really cater to the need of the customer at every point that we're going to launch into. How have you been able to balance, you know, the retailer's demand for newness um, with when you just had one product until just it's recently? such a good question. Um, how have I handled it? Well, probably not well, <laughs> because I think they'd lot of, like a lot of products now, and I am 
unbelievably slow. It took me five years to do my first product and it made, it took me two years to make the gummies, um, like 60 plus prototypes. I mean, I am slow in my, uh, development because I mean literally I like to be so excited it means so much to me the efficacy of each product that I just take forever like no can we just try the prototype a little tweak this and at a certain point it's like come on Don but um, yeah they I know would like a lot more new products faster quicker and and I'm like no I'm gonna get this right the other thing if I can point out and again I I don't want to like sound like I'm showing off or anything, but our products are made from real greens and that's very rare, very difficult, quite special. And that's why it takes an incredibly long time. And imagine trying to make a gummy made of real greens and with the lowest, lowest amount of anything, you know, you can't actually make a gummy without sugar. So we were like, okay, I want the lowest, lowest sugar and I want the best quality organic cane sugar. I want the best tapioca fiber. Well, yeah, that's going to take you two years. They want me to have it out in six weeks, you know? Right. So now that you are in these in these stores and now that they're growing out these kind of categories, whether it's Hum Nutrition in Sephora or, you know, Bobby Brown in Walmart, how are you kind of able to predict your innovation cycle? What are you thinking in terms of more product or... Um, creating newness even with what you have already yeah so I mean Bobby's a friend of mine and she and I spoke about it when she was launching our truly I'm for eight grains I will do fewer products but really really deeply you know I will we're, we're our net you know anything we will not be a company of 60 SKUs that's just not that's just not really my agenda each ingredient in each product has to lend to my journey. So I really know exactly, like, I know every aspect of what's in the eight greens effervescent tablet. And now transferring that to a gummy, I know every aspect of what, you know, came into making of that gummy. There'll be very few products and they will be... Um, well, I won't put them out there unless they're very good. So, yeah, that's, that's not common and that's probably not what they want. But I think long term... It's who I am, and I think it will be best long term. How are you approaching your own direct site and your e-commerce site at, amidst the um, many retailers that you're already in? So it's been a huge surprise for me, I have to be honest, because I thought you needed to, you know, I'm asking, I'm asking someone to buy a product that they need to try and it's greens, which, you know, low Not threshold. Not super sexy. Yeah, like low threshold of uh, people just agreeing with me. So I really thought my DTC would be quite low, and it has been shockingly high. I mean, in our first year, 52% of our sales were from DTC. That was not with a single dollar of digital marketing. So that's when I was like, whoa, okay, we might want to wake up, Dawn, and put some focus on here. Um and now today, over 60% of our revenues comes from subscribers. And we've like just started with a digital marketing plan. So I have seen, I don't know if it's word of mouth, if it's trust, if it's my story, which, you know, I love that people challenge me. They also, sh they should trust me. I walk my talk. I really earned the knowledge I have. I think maybe at this point, people get like, okay, she's the real deal. We can trust her because it has blown my mind how well the DTC is gone because you obviously can't try it. So in regards to your DTC site, are you really supporting education on the site? Are you doing sampling? What's this, the model there to kind of educate the customer? And, and who is she or he? So um, first part of the question, we have literally just scratched the surface. So we got an amazing CEO four months ago on Friday who I feel so lucky to have. Um, and so now with with his, uh, he was CMO of, of Craft Time 
Heinz or Heinzcraft, whichever is the right way to say it. Everyone <laughs> tells me I say it wrong. Um, so with that, with that incredible knowledge base, um, we're now going to, you know, really start to build it. For me, what was really important in the website was definitely education. I've been very surprised how interested people are in, in like every detail of my story. Okay, when you went to that center in that country and you met with that doctor and that healer, what happened? And da, 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 and, and I've thought like, God everyone's touched by cancer in some capacity you know if it's not you it's a relative it's the, so i have been shocked by the interest level and so i take that very seriously so that is important to me to put those nuggets of information either on our website we do a lot of long-form videos um I think that's why the TV show circuits that I've been doing have been, you know, like the Harry Connick Jr. show or the Today Show I just did recently have have been have been so fruitful for us is because the little nugget of information I can give of what I went on my journey or continue to do research. What I really try to do, Priya, is if I go to a center, like there's a leading center in Germany that I recently went to, and it's, you know, ungodly expensive, a wait list for two years, you know, da 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 I want to find that little amazing nugget of information and then put it on my website where the customer can do it in their kitchen, in their bathroom, after their kids go to bed, like on the weekend when they're not working. So they don't have to go, you know, wait two years to go to this center in Germany and save money for a year to go. I want it to be easy. Health should not be so like difficult and intimidating and trendy. <laughs> so talk a little bit about that because, you know, a lot of um, the people we've had on this show and, you know, some of them were the purveyors of this original health wellness uh, movement, uh, whether it was um, Gwyneth Paltrow at, at Goop or Amanda Chantal Bacon. And, you know, now there is a certain elitism associated with health and nutrition and wellness. Yeah, and, and also the way that beauty has kind of come into the fold, this beauty from the inside out principle. So who are the women coming to your site? Are they largely metro? Are they the middle of the country? Like, what are they after? I think they're after honest simplicity, what they can, you know, really do into their daily lives. I'm not asking anyone to change their life. I'm not asking one to commit to a whole new, you know, kind of genre or metamorphosis of their daily routine. This, I want this to be almost thoughtless. I want this to be so easy. And it's fabulous that the wellness industry has grown so much. Obviously, it's our health. It's it's amazing. It's necessary. But I really don't ever uh, want someone to be intimidated by it or think that it's trendy. I mean, this is health. When did health become exclusive? That just, it's pretty trendy now, right? <laughs> it makes me really frustrated. It's great because people are interested in it, but trendy and intimidating? No, 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 no. Like, we should keep it. For me, what I want to do, so our, our customer, it's amazing is from 25 to 85. There's a whole elderly part I had no idea, which just blows my mind. I love it. Um, and, you know, obviously the 25 probably uses it more for like hangover issues. The 30s is more like I have no time. And then you've got the young moms. And then the elderly, like, it's really hard for me to travel to the store and get fresh greens all the time. So it's different reasons for every single customer. But what I find is the, you know, it's fabulous. This is so trendy and that there's so many options out there. All I'm trying to do is help them get greens in an easy way where they don't have to change their lifestyle more than plopping a tablet in water and waiting 60 seconds or eating two gummies every day. And they've gotten an enormous amount of real greens. How are you kind of, um, creating that trust? Is it through, you know, tr clinical trials? Is it your own story in terms of, you know, what customers can kind of expect from you? Yeah. It's, and from the product? Yeah. So what has been, um, 
again, I feel like I'm I'm sounding like everything's been by accident, but when it works, I've then, you know, gone down that path. For me, all I can do is A, tell my story, B, me, give the best product I can possibly put on the market, and then see how it all evolves. From that, which was my original, you know, mission, and I did it, and then I just, you know, you can only release it out in the world and do so much. We have been so lucky. We have over a thousand reviews and um, between our website, Amazon, and the retailer. And that's 10 to 20 times more than anyone in our category. And so that has been mind-blowing to me and just so exceptional because it shows that, um, you know, it's people's health. I think they really want to communicate about stuff. And when you get that amount of reviews, I'm like, okay, I, this is working and this is so fabulous. They're getting greens. Hopefully they're, you know, they're feeling better, getting more energy, having better immunity. And that's really, um, that's my goal is to just continue the communication, tell my story so they know, you know, I am the real deal. I walk my talk. I'm just like anyone else. I also find it so interesting, Priya, that I think because I found it um, because I found eight greens, people think I'm just this beacon of health 24 seven. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I have my glass of wine. <laughs> like I'll have my coffee guys. Like I'm normal, just like everyone else trying to just get our greens and live our life. And that's really, um, I thus far what, what's been working. We'll be right back after this message. The supplement and ingestible uh, beauty space is kind of a tricky one. You know, it's not necessarily a sexy uh, product, but we've seen a lot of that change with, you know, the sugar bear hairs of the world and, you know, the influencer led strategy there or some of the, your other competitors. How is your approach to kind of authenticity uh, debunking that or different from that? We just simply won't go down that road. What do you mean by that? Um, we won't. We have never paid for an influencer, and I, we never will. To be honest, we just haven't needed to. Um, we have been so lucky with people. You know, we will send the product to people. We will pay for nothing. No, no paid partnership, no anything. Um, if they like it, fabulous. You know, people have offered many quotes, which is great, but we, we simply don't believe in the payment exchange of especially something that is so important. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a health, it, you know, <laughs> it's pretty important. So I want to make sure it's the real deal. As much as it was important to me to create the real deal product is of equal importance to me how we promote it. That's that's essential to me. But I'm sure influencers or ambassadors have asked, correct? Correct. We've had many. Of course. I mean, <laughs> hello, we're in 2019 right now. Yeah. And I just it's something we haven't done. And uh, we will probably build on ambassadors. Again, there will not be payment. It will be a true exchange of similar um, aesthetics and quality and efficacy and um, discussions like that, but never payment. Um, what I really want to do is sample. That's the big thing. So we've done a very, uh, we've just scratched the surface, but of starting to do a sampling initiative and billboards around uh, lower Manhattan right here where we are on Fulton Street. And then um, it's been absolutely exceeded our wildest expectations. So then we'll, we'll go to other parts of Manhattan and then go to other cities. Sampling and that direct contact with the customer, we have found so invaluable. And it's really what excites me because then they can ask you like, their personal question and you can answer and obviously it's you know incredibly you know time consuming but it's 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 why we're doing this are you sampling just through your site or are you also th sampling through retail partners we will sample through retail we literally started about three weeks ago doing this so it's just at the birth of it all will you talk a little bit about that because you know i have found from a lot of different brands and retailers how much how important sampling is
is and how important it is to whether educate the customer or educate a sales associate. And but it can be very expensive and it is mm-hmm. kind of putting in a lot of investment at the beginning for maybe you don't know what you're going to get. No, absolutely. And originally when people, you know, everyone says, when you know, sample, 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 sample. And you're like, well, what does that look like? What does that mean? That's just this abyss of options, right? Right. So for me, it was, uh, it's not, for us, the sample consists of obviously the eight greens tablet where you can try one and put it in your water, but also it's, you know, a bifold. So there is a set of information. So I introduce myself, obviously. I think people find it very um, important and then they trust to know it's a a founder-based company. It's not one of these larger, you know, just a product research guy in the corner trying to put out a next, next product. So we very much tell my story, why I'm doing it, why it took me so long to make the product, to really have them understand, like, this is the real deal. This just isn't like we're not throwing out another product. Da, 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 da. And then sample, um, you know, we have everything's been very lean. We've kept everything very, I mean, almost like the product, very simple, very convenient, very lean. And and just so far, it's really worked. And we'll just grow it one, you know, one segment at a time. And um, you're right, though, like with launching into Sephora and everything, I have found it so fulfilling to go and speak at Sephora and talk to the the team at Sephora so they understand it so they can tell the consumer about it it's so it's invaluable do you think that that um store education piece at least with the sales associates at Sephora or Neiman's you know is difficult to do when you necessarily can't be on the road at every single store and every single um outlet speaking to these customers and sales associates um well yeah of course it's time consuming especially I live in London with two little kids and my company's (laughs) in America but it's so important to me that I I will make time that I will make time above above most things you know obviously you have to be picky when you live in a different country and whatnot but I have put a lot of time into it because it's very important you know we're asking someone to put something in their body that is I take that very seriously and that is something that I just you know I think about often and whatever I have to do so they understand what every anything they need to know about it I will do so it's it yes of course it's time consuming but it's it's essential when you think about where you want Eight Greens to be in a year, are you interested in funding? How are you thinking about growing the business? What are projections for next year? So we um, we kind of just fulfilled that, I would say. Um, we did our first round of funding last January, and then we just hired our CEO, as I said, uh, four months ago. And Again, I mean, I took so long to find the CEO. I'm like the slowest molasses girl, but I want to do it right. So we just got our amazing CEO, Eduardo Lux. Um, and and so we're. I feel like we just now completed like setting the foundation, laying the cement, and now we'll really build from there. We will, as you know, like we were, we're in Sephora, we're in, you know, the Neiman Marcus um, cosmetic area. Like the Bergdorf basement is where we have um, our product. We will build that out, but I want to do it. Um, yeah, of course we're going to scale now that we have um, Eduardo and just an excellent team of of people. But um, again, doing it slow and doing it it well is really important to me. And the first step of what we've done with Eduardo is this is this sampling, which um, has been amazing. When you think about other team members that you may that might be integral to, you know the overall business? Is that more field support? Is that more store education, marketing? What are you thinking beyond Eduardo 
himself? Very, for me, it would be very much the education piece, be it in a store, on our website. Um, again, it's just been so interesting to have the consumer Yes, they're interested in understanding the eight greens and the tablet and the gummy and the efficacy and how I made it and built it. But they are equally as interested in, okay, when you, well, why'd you go to Bhutan and why'd you go to that hospital and who'd you see and what'd you do there? And so I'm, I'm very um, aware of both. And I, those are very, that's very important to me. What about the founder-led piece? You know, so many of these brands today are so, it's so important to have the founder as the face, to be everything, to be all of it. And, you know, there are challenges to that. There are, you know, especially when there's funding involved, when there's private equity involved, when it's acquired potentially. So what does that look like for you? I mean, just in terms of what where you see yourself with the company, your role changing and your role expanding or, or yeah, focusing? No, fabulous question. You're good at this. <laughs> no, you really are. Um, fabulous question. Um, and I'm going to answer it totally honestly as though I was chatting to a girlfriend. It has been such a learning curve for me because I didn't, I know I keep saying the same thing, but I found it so interesting. I, I didn't set out to create a business. I didn't set out to be a founder. So it's been so interesting, like having the CEO in. I mean, I was on my knees before we got the CEO because I just had too much on my shoulders all the time. And you said he was from Kraft Heinz, correct? Yeah. Why you know, that background, that pedigree. The second I met him, I knew he was the right CEO. I interviewed over 250 people. I mean, I was, I was bonkers. I knew it was, I I, I know, and I probably shouldn't be saying this. I didn't care if like they went to business school, they had this perfect resume, they this, the, that. It was a gut. I met him and he has a work ethic and a just, he's a very special human being. Yes, he went to business school and he's brilliant and he's got all these amazing, you know, he was at Unilever and all this amazing stuff. Yes, I'm by no means going to say that's not incredible incredible. But the second I met him, um, I just knew he's a hard worker. He's an honest man. I know it's also cliche, but it's truly what I felt. And, and I fought to the end to get him because a lot of people wanted him. And, um, that was, it, it, it's, I've really trusted my gut in those situations. What was your original question? Cause it was so good and I didn't answer it yet. <laughs> um, Oh, my learning curve. It's been so interesting cause it's literally something I'm working on right now. And I have, um, so I feel so lucky because I have two, my husband, who went to Stanford Business School in a big old smarty pants, and then two of his friends who are um, very successful business owners as well. Those three men have taught me, I can go to them and say, wow, I don't want to be that founder that's fired in two years because I'm too micro. I don't want to bring the, bring the morale of my company down because I'm like, can we change that video and edit it out when it's like halfway out the door? I am learning all of this right now. And it's more important, um, I will get out of the way whenever is needed. I really want this to be a good, solid, um, happy company. We're growing incredibly fast. And so I both need to get out of the way, but also stay very present because I want it to stay with the, you know, the, the quality that we're at. So what I'm learning right now, Priya, is where can I put in my five cents that will actually be equal to a dollar? <laughs> and then where is my five cents actually taking out a dollar? And I'm literally just learning that right now. You mentioned dollars a second ago. Yeah, and I'm using that in terms of, you know what I mean. I'm not meaning literal by any stretch. No, 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 I know. But in terms of what you can share with us, and I know you're a private company, um, what are you expecting in terms of sales or growth later this year and early into 2020? 
So, um, well, such things as the sampling have been very, very effective. I will say that. Um, so in our first three years, we grew 6,000%, which is obviously amazing. But I was also, you know, that's very fast. How are we going to maintain it? But but we have so far. So we were we will literally, just to continue to build, um, obviously, as I said, a huge turning point for us was getting Eduardo, the CEO. Um, and the funding was was a big decision because we actually, we didn't need the money. We wanted the support and the, you know, the infrastructure of it all. So we will we will hopefully to continue doing exactly what we've done, but with as I said at the beginning, more attention to DTC because I didn't um, I didn't expect for people to not need to try it as much as you know to tr- to try the product as they did. And on DTC, when you think about customer retention or loyalty, what does that look like? I mean, are people coming back to you monthly? Are people coming back to you every three months? Like, what's that um, stickiness look like? So the stickiness has been great. I will I will stay with my stickiness. <laughs> it's, I've been really, really just so grateful. So as I said, 60% of um, our sales right now are subscription. Um, and then the other statistic that just really surprised me and, and made me feel so grateful was the Amazon conversion. We're at 40 to 60%. Um, On Amazon. Shocking, right? I mean, you're good if you're a tenth of that. When Eduardo came on, he actually had to like triple check because it's just, um, you never see more than 10 and we're up to 40 and 60. And that really shows um, the customer and the loyalty. Talk to us a little bit about Amazon for a second. Are you, how are you guys um, working with them? Are you having your own like standalone shop? Are you part of any of the kind of like various programs within whether it's like luxury beauty or indie beauty or, you know, those are just some of the beauty uh, department. Um, But how, what's that relationship been like? Because a lot of people have said, you know, you have to sell on Amazon, but it's difficult to sell on Amazon because they kind of dictate terms. What's it been like for you? I, I, I wish I had a really juicy, difficult story to share with you because I was very concerned about us going on Amazon. It has been amazing. I mean, I know I'm sounding like Pollyanna, but honestly, it's been so smooth. Yes, I will say, as I told you, like we, we sold out the first couple of days and I think that probably really made them pay attention to us where if we hadn't had that initial success, we probably wouldn't have had so much support and so much um, just positive exchange it's been it's been amazing I hate to say that it's been very simple (laughs) I'm sure they'd be very pleased (laughs) I know right I know I almost feel like I should make something (laughs) just to um the other hire before besides our CEO uh we got an amazing head of digital and I think that probably helped quite a bit with Amazon because he he knows his stuff inside and out so it's great that I can trust well, both my CEO and my head of digital, with they're just they're so they're so senior, they're so amazing, not only as businessmen but as human beings, and and so I've really let them lead Amazon and very much stayed out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that would be one of my founder learning curves. Just <laughs> stay out, stay out of the whole segment if it's working <laughs> and you're not in it. <laughs> when you think about what you are interested in doing next year, whether it's more product, international, where do you think the focuses are for you? Yeah, so we are going to go international um, to to just the UK where I live um, because the uh, we've had to postpone three launches to the UK because we, again, we were going to launch in the UK at the same time we were launching on Amazon and we just were not expecting that sellout. So we had to just 
stop the UK launch and really focus on America. That's happened three times. We are finally doing it first quarter of next year. So I will put a, a fair amount of attention there, which will be fabulous because that's where me and my family live. Um, and then we, as, as you said, we just uh, launched gummies. And I really want to get into that because it's obviously the same eight greens, but the different form factor. We also have two um, different flavors coming out. And um, and then stick powder, because a lot of people want just, you know, the, the, the powder to pour in. That's, that's Q1 next year, which I don't even know if I can say that, but I already did, so who cares? Um, and that's kind of where we're at. I, I, I do want to go very slowly and methodically. I am looking at doing other products with other greens. But again, that is where I am astonishingly slow. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Don. It was great having you. Thanks, Priya. It was so great being here. Thank you so much for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast. Tune in next week for another episode. And of course, that means if you haven't subscribed, please hit that button.